Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Digital Decarbonization Podcast brought to you by Aviva. This is a four-part series covering the best practices in digital decarbonization from definition, strategy, and execution. And with me again today is Craig Harkler. Oh, Craig, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom, and thanks to everyone joining us on this uh, third podcast. All right. So today we're going to be looking at the best practices for applying the digital enablers we talked about in our last episode to decarbonization strategies. Also, what could you do to bring them all together and enhance your carbon data management? Craig, a lot of the technology we've discussed in the last couple episodes, this already might be in place with many businesses, correct? Uh, yes. And and so, so Craig, I'm just curious, with that being said, where do you see the gaps currently leading to disparity, which right now might be making this uh, less realistic than it could be? Well, good question. Um, yes, I, I see many companies are approaching environmental and carbon data management and the associated compliance reporting done in a separate system and solutions, meaning what they're doing is they're just pulling in raw time series data directly from the sources, whether it be a SCADA or DCS or maybe as some as smart edge, uh, you know, using MQTT, you know, smart plug B to get data into some cloud, uh, some SaaS or some cloud enabled application. So they, they, they basically disconnect foundational operational asset performance management, condition-based maintenance and all, all those sort of, of uh, capabilities and uses. And, and in doing so, they, in my opinion, they, they really set themselves up for, for problems, problems in the area of data quality and consistency, and, you know, not really leveraging the subject matter experts, those who are actually running and supporting the, the operations. And so that's number one. The other gap I see happening is really, again, it's tied together, but it's really not, you know, not doing uh, solid operational data data management and also with integrated asset performance management. And so, again, they're trying to do these in, in separate systems, uh, almost like a hodgepodge or kind of a spaghetti bowl of data flow and, and various point solutions. And so those are, are really the two areas that I see are really the gaps. The companies that are succeeding right now in this area, like what are they doing differently? Well, again, I, I'd like to stress that there are clearly companies who are doing this, okay? And and we'll talk more about those here uh, in this series, but also in, in the podcast series number four. But I mean, obviously what they're doing is they, they really first and foremost start with treating their operational data as a strategic asset and in many cases their most important asset in today's 21st century as we move from the analog to the digital world i arguably will state that a company especially in in the, in the industrial um, space their most important asset is their operational data and they need to treat it as such they need to manage monitor and monetize their operational data. And so what are these companies doing differently? Well, they first and foremost start with the four digital enablers. The first is a smart operational and carbon data management infrastructure that is, is configured and evolved by enabling and empowering the subject matter experts with no code, low code configuration capabilities to, to start 
evolving, and it's a journey that never ends, evolving these smart asset objects that have embedded streaming analytics, events, and notification. That is foundational. They then, with a subset of the data, they come into the digital asset, which is essentially a a rules-based network analysis with reconciliation, et cetera, and wisdom codified that really the goal of the digital asset is create validated data sets that are then consumed in higher level advanced analytic capabilities, such as advanced pattern recognition, machine learning, AI, et cetera, that forms, those form the operational twin that then goes into this, the holistic twin or the system of systems, which is a, a subset. It has a many, you know, many sub twins like the operational twin, the process or engineering twin, the asset registry twin, the financial twin, commonly found in a financial charts of accounts. Maybe there's an HR, et cetera, et cetera. And this holistic twin has this system of this synchronization and orchestration. And so, what these companies are doing differently, they are essentially bringing in these four digital enablers and then, and then leveraging them to, to truly underpin their digital strategy that they, they use to drive operational excellence, their business transformation, and their decarbonization initiatives. So when you bring all this operational information together, what is the the end result extending into decarbonization strategies and overall carbon data management? Well, I think that question's best answered by by an illustrative use case. Again, this is part of an overarching discussion of companies who are doing this, but I'll, I'll pick one. One one is a uh, uh, DCP Midstream. It's a uh, DCP is is a large and uh, U.S. based. Uh, natural gas gathering, processing, and transmission company. And they essentially started with implementing, with their subject matter experts, a smart operational data management about five years ago. So they, they've essentially created an operational twin of their entire operational systems. This includes integration with some of the engineering performance, like uh, pump performance, or compressor performance curves, et cetera, et cetera. Once they got that foundation done, and that was created by their SMEs, you know, configuring in an evolving uh, continuous improvement agile way, these operational twins, uh, asset twins, they extended now those the, the templates associated with asset classes, they extended that to include environmental data because so much of the environmental data uh, and calculations really are done in the asset performance management. In other words, they know the fuel bearers, they know the runtime, so they can do totals and averages, min maxes, and 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 forecast excursions of environmental um, emissions. Now, taking that a step further, they've extended the templates that were done for asset performance management in the associated asset environmental uh, data and, and, and intelligence. They now are converting that environmental data to carbon data, meaning converting using formulas to convert into carbon uh, CO2 equivalents or carbon weight tons. These are common metrics now that are evolving to enable carbon credits, uh, cap, you know, cap and trade, all those sort of, of, of initiatives that are underpinned by carbon data, right? And so that's that's an example of a company who who have evolved and integrated this overall environmental and carbon data as part of uh, their their 
uh, operational data infrastructure. I imagine we can have a whole podcast dedicated to use cases in real life scenarios here, and but that could be for our next episode. That's correct, and we will we will have some real world life scenarios in pod episode number four, uh, where I'll talk about uh, two that I think are are really leading the the global industry. Well, Craig, today we've gone with the whole integration from start to finish here, and w- with having that scenario on a high level, if someone wanted to get started in this strategy and get off on the right foot, who essentially needs to be involved? Like what can folks do today to empower their businesses to integrate these approaches and begin to improve their low carbon footprint? Well, I, I think I think it's important again to to not treat decarbonization as a separate initiative. I, I think it first and foremost starts with a, a the, again the looking and defining a business strategy that has a supporting digital strategy that then supports and is uh, underpinning at the core an operational excellence and, and implementation that includes uh, and extended to decarbonization. And so first and foremost, I think it's the person or people that need to be, in, I think it starts with at the core, having the right leadership and the exec, at the executive level. Somebody who has both a very strong and uh, proven track record in operations as a P&L owner, who has respect and admiration of, uh, of his or her executive leadership team. And that individual also needs to have a digital vision, you know, to be, have an acumen of, of digital technology, not to say that they're experts, but at the high level, they understand the power of and capabilities of digital technologies and believe that operational data is one of their most important assets. So that strong leadership and communication skills to really define, influence, and execute a digital-enabled business transformation, which in my mind is, is really uh, a digitally-enabled digitally operational excellence program. I mean, we call it digital transformation, but in, in, in short, I, I view that digitally-enabled operational excellence, meaning you really, and the hardest thing to do is change the culture. It, it is about changing the culture, empowering the workforces, especially the SMEs and those who are supporting operations, redesigning and automating work processes to be more efficient and effective, leveraging the digital technology, simplifying the technology landscape. Instead of having individual point solutions that are cobbled together and you end up with this spaghetti bowl, and you have this situation, as I talked about uh, in earlier, is about this, this ITOT conflict, but we're clearly not, not effectively working together as a team. Okay? And, and then ultimately then rolling in a continuous improvement culture, right? And so you, this individual really needs to have strong executive leadership to really support the empowerment and enablement of the subject matter experts who have historically worked in Excel and provide this self-serve capability. And so, so it's an executive leadership entity or individuals, and then it's empowerment of the subject matter experts, and then helping redefine the integration and role between IT and OT. Many companies now are starting to pull IT and OT together under an individual name, like a, a chief transformation officer or chief data officer, et cetera, who, who sits on the, the, the executive leadership team is really charged with driving digital transformation and digital decarbonization. 
So those are the two key entities that I think are really, uh, I see companies doing using to really drive effective business strategy and their decarbonization strategies. Well, excellent, Craig. Thank you very much. Okay, folks, that wraps up our episode for today. Be sure to subscribe and join us for our next installment. And if you would like to learn more, be sure to check out our sponsored website, www.aviva.com forward slash performance intelligence. That is aviva.com forward slash performance hyphen intelligence. We'll see you next time.